0: Going there with Greg today. And here I am, Greg Metford, your friendly host with some hip-hop bouncing in in the background. I hired a homeless person to help do production uh, today out in front of the Starbucks. And uh, they had some bubblegum stuck on their fingers. So it was kinda, it's kind of still interfering with some things. Guys, I come to you today. I don't have a guest today. I have a real fun guest tomorrow. I hope they're going to be fun. Uh, I've got the head of the Arizona Senate, the Senate uh, Senate leader. Uh, I don't know. We don't have a speaker of the Senate. I don't know what you call it. Majority leader of the Senate. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday we're going to have next week we've got, I think we've got a well-known attorney coming on. It's starting to get more and more interesting Folks, as time goes by, I think we have a Navy SEAL next week who's running for Congress and a few people. Bobby's doing a great job bringing people in. You know, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the difference between actions and words words and deeds. Words and deeds. Your wife tells you she loves you, but she's fornicating on the side with a stranger. Which do you believe, her words or her deeds? A plumber shows up, his truck says he's a fair guy, fair price for fair job, and he charges you $1,000 to unclog your sink. Which do you believe, his words or his deeds? I think in a world where... We're inundated with words. I think in a world where men are judged by their words and their business acumen more than their deeds. I think we value fancy cars and fame more than we value loyalty and being a father. I mean, if you want to know what's going on with your country, all we have to do is look in the mirror, the rot from within. A a country functioning well would never let China do what it's doing. A country that functioned well would never let their leaders do what they're doing. Words and deeds. Words and deeds. So we've gotten to a crossroads together, and this is what I wanted to talk about today. And the the question is, who are we? When my grandfather came here from Greece during World War I, I have a good idea who we were, and he did also, as do many people coming here on old mythologies and old wisdom and old scuttlebutt about America. In the old days, we stood for freedom. We stood for equality, equality of opportunity, the opportunity to raise yourself and your family station. It didn't mean you were going to be a rich guy, but it said you could become one. We forget that because we've been here so long, we have a myopic perspective as Americans. Most places on earth, you can't become a millionaire. Not that it's something to really aspire to, unless that's what you want. But for people in poverty globally, you know what poor people want? They want fucking money. You know what hungry people want? They want food. Do you know what oppressed people want? They want freedom. Do you know what free people want? They want Confused fucking dudes in dresses in girls' bathrooms. This is what happens when you're so free and successful. You become a horse's ass that shouldn't be taken seriously. Apple was hungry. Microsoft was hungry. Google was hungry. Facebook was hungry once. Now they've eaten all they can eat, and they just are looking for more to eat. And what do they do with all their success? Silliness. Ridiculous buildings. There's a great line from a Bruce Springsteen song, and it says, All men want to be rich, rich men want to be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. You want to be wealthy so you have freedom not for the sake of being wealthy people want to be wealthy for the sake of being wealthy you're dirty rotten whores histrionic reactionary acting out some childhood trauma being wealthy is just about being free and making choices and having freedom in your world and the ability to press uh press your worldview out into the world a little bit what do you do when you're facebook and you're 30 34, 35, 36 29, who the fuck he was what do these big companies do when they've got it all you know what they do they rig the game so they can get more what does our country stand for anymore I'm going to ask you guys a question there are people in your life whose words and their deeds are in conflict with one another they're, they either, you know, I have a, people have a tendency to kind of vocally tout the thing they are not good at as their strength. Cheaters say they're loyal. Uh, uh, dummies try to find a way to brag about how smart they are. It's just kind of one of those things that kind of, you know, cheaters accuse you of infidelity. So when you hear that stuff, you're up and listen. What do we as a people stand for anymore? And this is a question for all of us. And I bring it up because the current administration thinks that we have a supply chain problem. They think we have a supply chain problem. What they mean is we have a Get shit here quick enough to satisfy your unsated needs after having been shut down so long because we've outsourced most of your middle class to foreign countries because from the left and from the far right of the country and from the far left from the two coasts and from the intelligentsia, we think working jobs are subpar and shitty and no human should do those. So we'll outsource those to the third world so that you can just buy your your shit from Walmart and from Target and from Costco and from Sam's Club, and from every every other big box retailer in America, we have a supply chain issue. We do not have a supply chain issue, folks. It's a lie. That's like someone addicted to cocaine saying they have a cocaine import problem. We do not have a supply chain problem. We have a failure to make stuff for ourselves problem. Let's call it what it is. Oh, it's truckers. Those damn truckers, they're such libertines. They don't want to be told what to do. Oh, it's the union longshoremen dragging their feet. Eh, Maybe it's part of that. I don't know. We do not have a supply chain problem, friends. If you have to buy anything that is jammed up in a supply chain, what we have is a get shit here from China fast enough problem. And for me, and for many patriots, I don't see that as a problem. Instead of the president going and uh, gargling gargling the balls of the AFL-CIO in his mouth so that he can get the longshoremen to work longer, or the longshoremen's union, so he can get the guys at the harbor to work longer, what he should be doing is incentivizing manufacturing here in the United States of America. The vast majority of what the Chinese make is copies of stuff they got from us. They cheated from us. They stole and took pictures of from us. From our open trade shows, our open border policies, our open college campuses, our open research university labs, our open enrollment, our open websites. From our openness, we opened the front door to invite them in to see if they wanted to drink some Budweiser, They fucked our wife. They raped our son and they stole our dog. So what do we stand for? Because we apparently don't stand for following through on what we say we're going to do. Right? We don't follow through on what we say we're going to do anymore. We bail on our strongest allies. We bail on them and we bail without notice. And we'll undermine their defense sales without even saying a word to them and there's no deal to be made because we're acting like oligarchs we went to an ally who was buying submarines from an ally so that we could poke the eye of the tiger in china by selling them a nuclear sub to australia and ended up having the french ambassadors withdrawn from the united states I don't know if that's happened in 150 years. The French, for all their vino-induced fornicatory natures and uh, non-combative skills, actually are our allies. So what do we stand for? You know, in my world, I've uh, I've always caused problems for myself because. I'm uh, I'm loyal to my friends to a fault, and I don't think it's a fault. I'm loyal to my friends to a detriment. If somebody motherfucks one of my friends or steals from one of my friends, I remember, I'll give you an example. This guy sold an elderly friend of mine an airplane, and he took the money and held on to it for a couple of years and he promised and promised and promised he was gonna get the money. He promised he was gonna get the money and he promised he was gonna get the money. He promised he was gonna get the airplane is what I should be saying. You're gonna get the airplane. Then he wanted his money back and he promised him he'd get his money for a year. Now, in our circle of friends, 20 people knew this dude. 15 of them did business with him. Nobody said anything. I finally heard about it because I sold the older gentleman an airplane and I helped him install a new canopy on it. And we became great friends. He sensed past, and I assumed that what was going on is the fellow was holding off the airplane and the money until he passed, waited for his estate to not have an airplane there to wrap up things, line item that out with the cross of a pencil, and he wouldn't have to give the money back or deliver the airplane. At the time, I was flying air shows. So I called the guy up and I said, Hey, the next time I see you at an air show, I'm going to cave your fucking teeth in. I'm going to walk right up. I see you regularly. Several times a year, just know, I don't know what show it's going to be at, but I'm going to walk up and I am going to pound your face in. And when you fall down on the ground, I'm going to headbutt my face through your teeth until you can't talk. And then I went online and I basically said the same thing in a forum of all of these pilots. And everybody said how awful I was and how ungentlemanly I was. And what an asshole. And they banned me from the group. Nobody cared that he was stealing money from an elderly person. It wasn't much money. It was $55,000 at the time, something like that. Well, I'll tell you what. The next week, the $55,000 check showed up after two years of jerking around. My friend came to me laughing and said, You wouldn't believe it. I I got my check. I can't believe it. The guy paid me back. I thought I would never get the money. And he was well off. The guy was taking advantage of him. And my point is, everybody said nothing. Everybody stayed engaged. Everybody kept going. And I was the ungentlemanly one. Now, and in the end, it exacted justice. And I did threaten him. And apparently, that's not. But it wasn't threat. I was promising. I was just telling him, like, I am gonna knock your fucking teeth out for stealing from my friend. I'm coming for you. Seemed fair to me at the time, and probably a little brash for me these days. I wouldn't do. I don't do that stuff anymore. But my point is, I was exacting justice for an elderly person who'd been taken advantage of, and everybody thought I was being ungentlemanly. What do we stand for? One of the most important things as a friend, as a country, being friends and allies, is that when your friends get kicked in the teeth, you're there to try and stop the boot from kicking a second time and to maybe sweep the leg of the the foot that's still on the ground of the adversary. Sometimes it doesn't matter, you have to mean it and you always have to be willing or being there's not enough. And If our job as an ally is just to send flowers to our, our friends when they get injured, then we're fucking useless. What do we stand for? Now I know my customers, when they say they're gonna pay me, they pay me, they they stand by their word. I know when I say I'm gonna make you a knife, I make you a knife and deliver it. When you're not happy, I work really hard to make them happy. But my friends never wonder if they're stuck 600 miles from nowhere on unknown continent, they never wonder who who to call when they need something, if they're in emergency and they're in a bind because there's everybody knows like, I'm a guy you can probably call just about no matter what, and I will get something. I will get something sorted, real quick. It's the most valuable thing we can be as a friend and an ally is reliable. What do we stand for? Well, the Afghans don't think we stand for much. The Western allies of Europe, they're beginning to think we don't stand for much, other than pay. We pay. We used to stand for freedom and liberty. Our borders are currently closed to all legal entrants, including returning civilians, returning American citizens, if they are not properly tested or vaccinated. Although um, almost 600,000 illegal aliens this year have been released into the United States illegally, no problem. What do we stand for? We don't stand for our countrymen. We don't stand up for ourselves. We don't stand up for our allies. We don't stand up for our industry. If it's not an industry, the intelligentsia it doesn't find in favor. If it's Google, no problem, we'll stand up for that apparently. If it's Microsoft, we'll stand up for that. If it's Boeing, maybe. If it's Medford knife and tool with all of its products being stolen and ripped off by the Chinese and sold online, with my name all over them. I've only had one person in my entire life stand up and stop that and and do something that made a difference. That was the last administration. They actually paused that stuff. It's that simple. All you have to do is tell Customs and Border Patrol, hey, stop illegal pirated goods coming in the United States. Super easy. You register your products with CBP. They stop everything from coming in. It's super easy. And it makes it too risky to make boatloads of knockoff shit that could get seized and destroyed at the U.S. borders. All we have to do is enforce our laws, and we don't. All we have to do at the border is enforce our laws, and we don't. All we have to do in Congress is pass bills within the budget, and they don't. The mounting liabilities of what our government is doing total nearly a half a million dollars per working citizen of the United States in debt. They're talking about a $3.5 to $5 trillion uh, bill they're trying to pass right now, and they want to pare it down to maybe $2, 2500000000000 That's their compromise. Your wife wants to fuck every neighbor on the street, buy seven Porsches, and light your house on fire. You decide to let her to fuck your bestie across the street, buy a brand-new Cadillac Escalade, and she burns down the garage. That's the compromise. We've become ridiculous. We're silly. Comedy is getting outlawed and shut down by the mob. The rule of law is being shut down by the mob. The Marxists on the left of our political spectrum have allied themselves with nihilists and deconstructionists, and they're tearing our society apart. Take all of these forces and throw a natural catastrophe. Actually, it's an unnatural catastrophe. What happens when a country, the United States of America, has scientists wanting to do illegal scientific experiments like Dr. Mendela was doing in Nazi Germany Mendelssohn, fucking crazy Nazi doctor. There's things you're not allowed to do. They're ethically problematic. They are morally problematic. They're scientifically scary, and we've outlawed them. So what did we do? Dr. Anthony Fauci, amongst others, authorizes the work being done in a foreign country because it's not illegal in that country. Why not? The CIA can't spy against America, but the NSA and the CIA set up an office in England so that Americans can go sit in England and use the Patriot Act to spy on Americans, which is against the Constitution. It is against the spirit of the Constitution. It's actually against the law. What do we stand for? Our government is lawless. We do not have peaceful transfers of power. What just happened was not a peaceful transfer of power. We just didn't have a gunfight, but it's not a peaceful transfer of power. What do we stand for? We don't stand for equality under the law, which should be a cornerstone, a pillar, a focus of America. The center of most towns in America has a big building. Maybe there's one in your town. Sometimes it's red brick. Sometimes it's stone. They're typically a neoclassical style. Typically they have columns across the front, Corinthian Doric or Ionian columns. And the purpose, since our founders were neoclassicists, was to say we hold these truths to be self-evident. And we are going to imbue this building at the center of your town with an impermanence, an ancientness, connected to those truths, a place where you can find justice and be treated fairly. That's why those buildings look that way. We used to, we used to stand for that. We used to stand for justice. We used to stand for fair play. Have we always gotten it right? No. Has it been messy? Yes. Did we have to uncoil thousands of year old uh, uh, human institutions? Yes. Democracy is messy. It has an ugly side. And the representative republic is quite possibly the best way of self-governance, the best way of governance we've ever experienced here on earth, but it has its shortcomings. The other side of the coin is totalitarianism and kings or the horde, the mob. So what do we stand for? If we don't stand by our allies anymore, what do we stand for? If we don't stand for our American companies and our own countrymen, our own citizens, who do we stand for? What do we stand for? When is the last time you had a president that said, I am all for America and I'm not against the rest of the world, but I'm not here to make a deal for them. I'm here to make a deal for us because we're America. Like it or not, biggest hole is bad as toughest kid on the block and we got to take care of ourselves or we can't do the good work that we do. We have to take care of ourselves or we can't continue to do the good work that we have done for the last quarter millennia that has changed the face of the world. So what do we stand for? I ask repeatedly. I also ask, why are we not in the streets? They were in the streets over almost nothing. We've been locked down. We've had our businesses taken away. We've had our prosperity taken away. We've had our affluence taken away. We've had our freedoms taken away. We've had our privacy taken away. And they're not done yet. Guys, you got to be really careful about this, all right? They're getting ready to, uh, you know, in this 2,400 and something odd page bill that they've put together, uh, they're not getting rid of anything in this bill. There's no compromise going on. This bill is almost a Complete. What they are doing is they're just negotiating how far into the future they're going to total up the budget and cost of the bill. They're doing the exact same bill. They're not taking anything out. You put $600 in the bank, the IRS is going to, a little flag is going to pop and they're going to look at you. Now I want to, for a few moments, many of you may be too young to remember this, but are under the guise of the drug wars and the bracketing of illegally ill-gotten gains being deposited into banks because the banks are whores. They'll do business with anybody who's got cash because that's their job. And so the government intruded on privacy to, uh, to invade the privacy of Americans on transactions over $10,000. And they said, oh, it doesn't affect almost any of you. It doesn't affect working class people at all. So we're just going to violate people's rights to privacy and we're going to collude with the banks. And we're going to pry through your personal information. And we're going to seize your assets, which you've been doing for years. And they seize assets and ask questions later. Which is very Napoleonic. Guilty until proven innocent. That's the opposite of the American way. That's the opposite of being treated equally before the law. That's being treated guilty in advance, having your funds seized. And you don't get them back. So, who's had a hard time with this? Anybody in the vending machine business. Anybody in the pizzeria business. Anybody in the parking business. Anybody in a business that has lots of cash. They've gotten caught in the lurch on this. And if you happen to fall into some algorithm that looks like a drug dealer, they seize your cash. And they don't ask you to prove you're not a drug dealer. They audit you to see that you're not in business with a drug dealer. But they actually don't do anything. They just seize your cash. You actually have to go sue them and try and prove your innocence. And it's outrageously expensive. I tell you this because when they pass it, they 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 always do something that seems reasonable. You know, we want to look at bank accounts. Oh, that's a privacy issue. We don't well, it's just 10000 above. I mean, who the fuck does that? Then what they do is they, they appeal to all of you. They appeal to all of us commenters and say, $10,000 deposits. None of you did. We're really going after fat cats. And then we all bite. We bite the bait and go, oh, you're just going after big wigs. Fuck the man. Okay, fair enough. You can you can look at our stuff. It was $10,000. Then it was $5,000. And then it was patterns of cash being put into the bank. And now it's $600. Now, folks, that's just about everybody. They want to know they're asking in the same budget I think a 600% increase in IRS auditing capabilities. And then they want to look in bank accounts that have cash deposits over $600. And their reasoning for it is because they're going after billionaires evading taxes. And millionaires evading taxes. And they set the number at 600. That's interesting. They're not after Donald Trump. They're not. They're after us. If you're a Democrat, you're a slave. If you're black, you have voluntarily become a slave to the modern white liberal, and I feel sorry for you. If you're white and you're a you're a race hater, you're a self loather, and you're a left a leftist, you're a slave. You're a slave of thought. And honestly, everything you believe in makes you a slave to the state, a slave. That means you're working, and you're, the fruits of your labors are being taken from you against your will and used as somebody from way on high far away wants to use them for whatever their means. That's the exact definition of slavery as well. Slavery didn't mean whipping. Slavery didn't mean being boated from one place to another. Those were just links in the chain of events, so to speak. Slavery is against your will, having the fruits of your labors taken. We can have all sorts of debates upon nuance, you can't choose where you you can't choose you marry, yeah, yeah, yeah. All varying degrees of slavery. What they've done now is a shell game, a three-card Monty game of really nice slavery. What we have now is nice appeasement slavery. We're going to make rules and regulations that make health care so expensive, you're going to have to get health from us so we can collect taxes from you to pay for an overpriced, underserving, government-run health care. Sound like a good deal? We're so worried about hospitals getting filled up, we're going to make it so you can't go to the hospital. And people who have cancer and blood diseases and heart diseases and all sorts of other terminal illnesses die in case the hospitals get full for COVID. All of this predicated upon some some scary but very simple math. I'm going to read these again because it's worth reading. It's worth hearing them. In 2012, in the United States, the death rate was 8.1 per 1,000. That sounds awful, but folks, we don't live forever, and we all die. There's a 100% mortality rate as far as I know. So per year, we lose 8.1 people per 1,000 in 2012. 2013, it was 8.2. 2014, it was 8.3. 2015, it was 8.4. 2015. Here's a big change. 2016, 8.5. 2017, 8.6. 2018, 8.7. 2019, 8.9. 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, 2019 was 8.8. 2020, this big shocking year. We had COVID towards, you know, for half the year. It was the worst. We shut the country down. A shocking number. It went up to 8.9%. One tenth of 1% every single year for the last decade. What's interesting is as our population has grown, the share of death has actually decreased since 2017. The biggest drop was during the first year of COVID in the human mortality rate in the United States. I will say this again. The biggest year-over-year drop in the decade I'm looking at here in the human mortality rate, less people died per thousand, was from year 2019 To 2020. It went from 1.29% to 1.19%. The value, the absolute value went up one-tenth of one percent, but because the population grew enough, the total change was down almost a tenth of a percent. Does that sound like something worth flushing the toilet bowl in our economy for? Remember, Trump was saying this from the very beginning, you guys. He was saying, we can't tank our economy for this. We're going to have these vaccines out. It's going to help slow things down. Two weeks to stop the spread. Wash your hands 10 times a day. All we've got to do is stop the spread. We know it's a ruse. Every time you catch a Democrat off camera, they've got their mask off. As soon as the camera turns on, mask theater in full full play, in full swing. The kabuki is complete. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and anybody around them, they snap nervously to have them get their masks on. And it gets caught on camera. We have a president who was a fool on his best day, and now he's just an old man who should be in a nursing home. And I feel awful. I feel awful that I dislike him so much, and I hate every time he opens his mouth. What do we stand for? We don't stick by our friends. We don't stick by our countrymen. We don't stick by our morals. We don't stick by our virtues. We don't stick by the rules of the game anymore. So what do we stand for? Here's what we stand for. We have an entitled ruling class That actually believes the biggest problem right now happening in America in 2021 is there will be empty shelves, empty shelves of Chinese where there normally is Chinese shit piled up. There will be empty shelves so Americans can't spend more credit card money. Joe Biden, one of the biggest credit card company supporters who's ever haunted the halls of the swamp in Washington, D.C., they think we have a supply chain issue. I I just want to say this a couple of times. And I want to I want to repeat this so that it sinks in with you. If anything you buy is constrained by supply currently, it is stuff made in China by our enemy. Two days ago they fired a super cruising missile in low Earth orbit low Earth orbit across the globe. It is a new technology. It is a technology that we're fully capable of and have refused to develop and uh, test because we feel that it increases, it ups the ante and creates a new nuclear arms race. It's an arms race. We've been there before we've done that before it's not positive and we chose not to do it and we've now let China our enemy do it When I started speaking out like this, we started getting about 20 million hits an hour Trying to uh, compromise our website trying to compromise my social media Fortunately, we've got a cybersecurity person in the building And uh, the Almighty has sent him our way and parked him in our building. And he loves manufacturing and knives, and he's got a brain for cybersecurity. And we were able to spot this stuff. Had another acquaintance's company. They were hijacked and held for a couple million dollars. They just jammed up their whole company. And it started as soon as I started saying what I say about China. I couldn't be more clear about this, and you shouldn't misunderstand it. And we need to repeat it at the Thanksgiving table and at the Christmas dinner table when the conversations inevitably turn to our country. And we should. We should not shy away. We have to stick up for our friends. Sometimes our friends are ideas. My friends, they wore frock coats. And they sat through Valley Forge those are my friends and i stick up for them and you should too this country is supposed to stand for something we have secure borders and we welcome legal immigrants we welcome people who go through the work of coming here the right way like my grandfather did like so many of you like so many of you out there's grandparents and great-grandparents did you come here the right way You don't come running, sneaking across the border in the back of a fucking truck with a coyote paying money. You know who's coming through the border? Cubans. Eastern Europeans. Muslims. From all over Africa. From all over the Middle East. They're going to Mexico to march into the United States because it's easier than just coming here. I heard today my first case of Americans who are flying to Mexico who can't get back in the country and sneaking back into their own country just so they can get here. That's what we stand for. So I and you and everybody we come in contact, we need to connect with the founding generation and remember what they were doing. They were changing the world. They were rejecting the same silly old stuff that we are getting crammed down our throat right now. People from far away should not be the boss of us. The government should never tell us what to do with our children. The government should never be getting between us doing commerce with our fellow citizens and our livelihood. They have no place there. National defense, interstate commerce, secure the borders, national defense, interstate commerce, secure the borders. They shouldn't be collecting billions of dollars for government employee health care, um, child care. I'll say this again. They should not be collecting billions in taxes from Americans, billions with a B in a infrastructure bill to fix our roads, bridges and highways to give billions and dollars of benefits federal employees. That's called wealth distribution, wealth redistribution. It's called paying off your supporters. It is not leading a nation. What do we stand for? How can we possibly tell China how they should act when we are so morally bankrupt? The reason China is able to take what they've taken from us It's because they bought it. Listen, I hate the Chinese. I hate them. I hate the government. I hate the people who let it happen. I hate them. The only people I hate more than them are my countrymen who've sold us out. The Chinese came in because we are money-grubbing, capitalist whores who will cock a leg for the for the right number and they bought us they just bought us and they bought us with our own money listen we're getting ready we got one year till the midterms the elections for congress is going to start spooling up if you vote for a rhino republican shame on you you need to vote for a real republican And the Republican Party's got problems, but their problems are within the parameters and within the lines of what used to be America. They value the family, they value capitalism, they value commerce, and they're going to get it wrong from time to time, but they care about the nation. The leftists are deconstructionists, they're nihilists, they're Marxists, critical race theory, anybody who uses the word racism or race or equality to run for office is baiting you to shut you up and trying to use moral vacancy and relativism as a cornerstone of their campaign. They're lying. The modern leftist is a person devoid of facts. Who's a liar. And if they really believe it, they're just stupid. It used to be we disagreed about how, how much to spend on schools. Now we disagree on the fundamental destruction of our nation. There is one party currently that believes in America, and there is another party who does not believe in America, thinks it's a bad place, and wants to create it again in its own vision. And what, from, my, from what I see of leftists, their children aren't lovely people. Their views aren't lovely. They're not lovely people. They're not lovely to chat in line with at the grocery store. They're dumb. You want to drive a leftist crazy? Ask them why. They don't have a fucking clue. When you vote, make it stand for something. Now, we all get our hackles up about the presidential election. As it turns out, voting for governor really fucking matters, doesn't it? Voting for Congress really, really matters. If you stick your nose enough into politics, you find out a lot of it's a colossal waste of time. It's um, it's not very productive. It's frustrating. But it matters. Go to your school boards. Raise hell. Don't let them program your children to be leftists. My friends that I hear talk about how their children have become leftists, I'm mad as hell at them. How dare you abdicate the responsibility and let your child become of parenting and let your child become a leftist. That's like saying my child became a thief. I say, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? What do you stand for? Guys, I'm pissed. I read the news, I'm pissed. If your kids are being leftists and you can't crack their leftist little egg, you need to do some homework. You need to find compelling evidence so they don't grow up stupid. You send them to these fine schools, you overeducate them, you pedigree them, you go into debt for them, and then you let them leave stupid. We can't do that. We've got to call out our in-laws. We have to call out our family members, for letting their kids grow up stupid. We need patriots. We don't need more stupid. We needed to leave Afghanistan in an orderly fashion, in an orderly fashion, not worry about fucking men in dresses going in women's bathrooms because these folks want to identify this way or the other. I identify as a fucking mountain goat. If you don't let me take off my clothes and lay naked at the meat counter, you're an oppressor. It's time to start saying no to these dummies. To the mentally twisted, the morally vacant, socially bankrupt people running the show. I've known a couple of trans folks. Nice human beings reasonably nice human beings absolute fucking train wrecks absolute fucking train wrecks if you know them personally horrible backgrounds crazy 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 mechanisms that got him to where they are no business being in fucking charge of anything lots of issues the fucking alphabet soup All right, that's my rant for the day. Voting matters. You need to know who your congressman is in your district. You need to know who your state congressman is. If we start a revolution, and all the revolution has to be is this, the weight of our ideas will outweigh the weight of your emotions. Your emotions shouldn't come to the table. Think. Debate. Argue, make your points. And enough with the emotions. Enough with the silliness. And enough with the tolerance. We do not need to tolerate stupid. Tolerating stupid begets stupid and calamity. So my answer to everybody is less tolerance. Because moral relativism and tolerance got us to where we are. Just twenty-seven genders. Girls are confused, boys are confused. Life is confusing. It's not that fucking confusing. We have abdicated the responsibility of speaking truth to power, to our friends, to ourselves, and to our children. Tell the goddamn truth. Quit living through your little bunny rabbit heart. Leave that for when you're holding a baby or nursing a child. There is a time for a bunny rabbit heart. It is not in life, day to day. It is not in government. It's not in finance. It's not in responsibility. It's not in being an ally or being a friend. All of that requires toughness because we make choices that hurt and we have to do things for our friends that hurt sometimes. Guys, everyone will say, "Watches this. I have a few people who like what I say and people who don't like what I say, but you put this up, if you were to ever put this in front of the masses, the women would hate it. Men would dig it. The Alphabet Soup crew would hate my guts and think I'm awful. I'd remind them of their Uncle Frank at Christmas and ask them why they fucking put lipstick on as a boy. Well, I don't want to bruise anybody too much. It's, It's time for people to start rising up. It's time for us to speak up. It's time for us to be less tolerant and vocal of what's wrong. You can't fix problems if you don't want to confront them. We have to say the truth out loud even when it hurts. We have to call dumb, dumb when we see it. And the people who wouldn't like what I'm saying right now, the weakness that they project into our federal government, the weakness they voted for in the White House, the bombast and hair and orange skin they didn't like of orange bad man, has put them on a crash course for war with China. And the discussion next Christmas and the Christmas after will be how their nephew's doing off in the army who went in to get a scholarship to pay for college and be all he can be or she can be and found out they end up in the Pacific in an engagement against Taiwan or against the Chinese invading Taiwan. Or maybe we won't do anything because we don't know who we are anymore. Because we'd rather go on Facebook and we'd rather drive, drive a hip-hop cool car than be loyal to our friends. We'd rather enjoy the next fucking double-triple latte, yoga class, whatever the fuck else everybody's doing, all obsessed on our own little narcissism to try and live a little longer. And In the meantime, we're not being good friends. You make energy cheap, it makes American companies competitive. You make American companies competitive... The inherent entrepreneurism of America rises. We open factories and we make stuff. We make stuff competitively because energy is cheap. Because we have a policy about efficiency and energy that we do here. Not a policy based on theoreticals. And the supply chain issue out of China, which is an issue, we have a Chinese import issue. That Chinese import issue would diminish because you don't need so much stuff from elsewhere. Because less factories close down more businesses open, and people take more chances because there's a little more meat on the bone to make a living and put your kids through uh, indoctrination school called college. If the first thing you do is raise taxes, constrain energy, I mean, apparently, you know, the Biden administration thought it was okay to have a Russian oil line going from Russia, a natural gas pipe and oil line from Russia into Germany, so the G- Germans had cheap energy and free defense, thanks to us, But we can't have our own Keystone Pipeline, crushing business, crushing jobs, raising energy costs. When you raise energy costs 10%, you lose a certain amount of jobs. We've doubled the cost of gasoline in many places in many ways. What does doubling energy do to an economy? Take a look around, inflation, unemployment. What happens if you throw so much fake money into the market? People like me stop putting my money in the bank because it's a waste of effort investing or holding on to credits that we believe will not be valuable in five years. You can't print that much of something and still say it's valuable. They've undermined saving. They've undermined currency. They've undermined energy. They've undermined the border. Everything they touch turns to shit. If you voted for Joe Biden because of your dislike for Donald Trump, are you stupid? Are you stupid? What kind of a fucking retard voted for Biden? That's what I want to know. You have to be borderline retarded. Mentally deranged to the point you can't see simple, clear, basic truths. And when I say retarded... I mean, not fully mentally functioning right. <sighs> scream loud. Scream hard. Get online right now. Say, who's my congressman? Who's my senator? Send them an email. Send them an email a week. Doesn't have to be long, just has to be really clear on one opinion, on one bill, one way or the other. Watch the news for five minutes. You'll find out something stupid Congress is doing. Find out who your congressmen in your state are, who your two senators are. Make up a quick little note and send them all the same note. Next week, change five words in it, send it to them again. Believe it or not, that actually makes a difference. Vote every day. Buy American. And guess what? This year for Christmas, there are no supply chain constraints. Buy American. Oh, the American cars don't have stuff. That's because they have too much internationally sourced parts from China in them. Listen to the automakers of America. Buy American. Keep semiconductors here. Don't save every fucking penny. See, they make every fucking penny and get every fucking dollar. Pigs get fed. Hogs get slaughtered. You don't have to make every dollar. Just keep your neighbors employed. Keep everybody here working. As far as I know, there are no supply, na- supply chain issues on American made goods. And if there are, they're not all American made. Now, <laughs> buy American. Don't look for stuff that's on empty shelves and anything that's on empty shelves when it comes back on the shelves because Biden gets the Chinese train moving again. You know, the Biden administration is talking about there's a problem with the Chinese train. We're going to fix it. They're basically saying we got a problem in how we've sold you out. And now we've undone all the policies of the last administration, which was pro red, white and blue, even though you like orange man. We've undone all those policies. There's a gap in the middle. So we're really what we're going to do is we're just going to get that Chinese train moving again. Don't worry, you're going to be able to buy cheap Chinese junk again soon. Awesome. That's not fixing the problem. All they're saying is they're going to get us more cocaine and heroin. That's it.